Welcome to the Core Podcast. This one's a little bit special because it's just hosted by me. This collection of fantastic podcasts comes from a load of amazing, influential women in tech. I'm really excited to share this with you throughout October. I hope you enjoy. This is a great episode and I am really excited for you to listen to this one. Um, as part of our female insecurity um, group of podcasts, we have Anna today who works at No Before. She has had the most incredible career. The reason I really like this podcast and I think it's definitely worth a listen is because Anna really delves into things I hadn't even thought about, to be honest. Um, the metaverse, what that looks like how that's going to impact our children, how that's going to impact us being a female, um, how that could look from a point of sexual harassment, that it could happen in a virtual reality, which even blows my mind. But she's also got some fantastic insights, information about how, you know, we don't get enough education about it from such a young age and what that looks like. So this is really worth a listen if you're fascinated about where cybersecurity is we going to go in the next five years and especially what that's going to look like when we're in a virtual world. For anyone that doesn't know you, could you introduce yourself and give us a bit of an overview of your career and how it's led you to cyber, into cybersecurity and also how it's led you to be at No Before right now? Okay, so currently my role is I'm an evangelist for No Before Africa, which means um I help spread security awareness across the African continent. How I got there um, is actually a bit of a funny story, and I don't know how far back I should go. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But, um, but uh, I actually I never studied um, computer sciences or any of that. I did um, I did uh, international economics, and I'm I'm actually originally from Germany. I grew up there, but um, while I studied, I, I ended up in South Africa as an intern, and I really loved it and. You know, um, I ended up staying. Yeah, and um, more out of coincidence, I ended up uh, working for an internet service provider because I wrote my thesis back in the day in information security. Um, but again, that was just a coincidence. Like I worked um, at Siemens as a student because they paid better than waitressing, and they asked me if I wanted to write my thesis. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what is this information security? Okay, that sounds cool. So I, that's how I got into it. Yeah, and um, you know, I felt over the years like a lot of imposter syndrome because I did like I had an economics degree and not a um, you know not like a computer sciences, and I, I worked only with enge- the engineering side. So I did a lot of certifications every year, you know, mm-hmm. just to somehow prove myself yeah. uh, to my mainly male colleagues. I mean, let's face it, interesting. It was, day, it was just yeah, and uh, and. And then I ended up um, becoming sort of an architect, consultant, and product development um, in the various companies I worked for. And when I um, went on honeymoon, I um, actually drew like a little story, a cartoon story, and I always wanted to do art as a, as a student. Okay. And and I drew the story. Um, I came up with these characters called Robin Your Data that works uh, for money laundering and sort of a fun cartoon story that teaches people about cyber, you yeah. know, in a fun way. Yeah. And that was 20, 2011. And I, I showed the storyboard to one of my customers and they loved it. And that's how basically, I mean, it took two years, but I, I ended up starting a company called Popcorn Training 
uh, where we created animated stories that teach us people how to be cyber safe. And this was back then in 2011. So it was like early niche. Yeah, yeah very early. And um, we also were, were quite out there, so a lot of cheesy humor. And uh, we, we ended up doing um, live action production as well. Wow. And uh, that's how now before then, I mean, we ended up being on the Gartner's Magic Quadrant three years in a row. Wow. And that's how now before got wind of us and then they acquired us in 2018. And initially I had to, obviously through the earnout uh, period, I had to sort of manage the, the business in, in Africa. But now I'm like no longer operationally involved. I just do research and a bit of evangelism work and and I love it. <laughs> so, bit, and sorry, a bit, long story. No, <laughs> a really exciting story. A really bit chill. And also I loved how you dropped imposter syndrome in because I know I felt it a lot Um my background before I worked for marketing in, in cybersecurity was in film and in events. And I went from doing the, oh, Olymp- yeah. I did the Olympics to coming into this. So I can completely relate to like being sat there like, oh, I don't think I'm in the right room. You mentioned a lot of um, um, certifications and certificates and, and, and education. Do you think that was a big part of the imposter syndrome? Did that, that help you? Support? Do you think that was a big part of it, of helping you get through it? Or do you think actually anyone can get into this industry you just need to have a bit of confidence or do you think it's hand in hand education with it I think that the most important thing um and it's actually also interesting we did another survey locally in South Africa Mm -hmm. about you know what are companies looking for and because we we have a massive skill shortage here locally I mean even globally but I think it's particularly bad here and the fact is people just can't find the certified or experienced people. So they have to hire people from different backgrounds or sort of youngsters that come straight out of um, university. Mm. And the things that they're looking for more so than certifications, way more so, is attitude. So if you have the right attitude, if you're willing to, um, you know, teach yourself, if you're not afraid of, you know, doing something, you don't know anything about it, um, if you if you enjoy learning, you know, then that's the kind of thing that they that they're looking for, and that's that's more important than the experience or the that certifications you may have. Yeah, and and what the certificate you've got inside, I completely agree. Um, and and do you think there's more? I mean, I know you're talking about Africa, and I'm I'm, I'm over here in in the UK, but do you think there's more co- to be done at schools? Because I I know when I was at school and at university don't even think cybersecurity was brought up let alone being a topic um do you think there are is more things that can be done at education and at a lower level even with us with two five-year-old daughters not going to lie the idea of social media and, and that world really does scare me as she grows up do you think there's more that can be done from from i guess grassroots from the beginning from when they're starting at school oh 100 percent. i mean uh and i also feel quite strongly about it that the fact that um it's actually, uh, there's a couple of stats that are quite interesting here. The one is we do this uh, security culture assessment where mm-hmm. we, you know, we measure the different maturities of, you know, s- security culture or behavior. And the, the educational institutions, which includes your, your schools as well as tertiary um, institutions, they are by far on a global level, they're always like the worst in terms of the scores that they have. Right. And that's scary because if you think about the next generation coming into the workforce, um, it's no longer a tech skill, it's a life skill, right? Like our kids are, yeah. you know, 
I mean, with the, with the metaverse and um, these sort of immersive technologies coming along, like they will spend a lot of their time in, in that. And you have to sort of, and, and even right now in a, a Web2 kind of world, it's scary enough. Um, but if you think about where it's going, mm-hmm. um, we have to teach kids um it's actually more about critical thinking really, yeah. you know, and we have to teach them about the risks. And I, I think, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm also really scared about, I have a, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and, you know, so far they haven't really been allowed to, yeah. to go online other than like watch Netflix or something because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm worried. And I think that they should actually incorporate it on a kindergarten level, like at the, the in primary school, and then all the way through as like a life skill, you know, we teach yeah. them safety and how to crossing the road and whatever. Yeah. They, we should teach them the same stuff for um, online behavior. I interestingly remember when I was at primary school, we got taught something about stranger danger. And there was a thing going around yeah. where people were approaching to say that they would take our photo so we could have nice photos for our mummies. Um, and you get a lollipop at the end of it. And I, I remember it very vivid, vividly in an assembly. Like if someone wants to take your photograph and it's not with your mummy and it's not through the school, you should never go with someone to get a nice photograph taken of you. If you're... And I remember that as a teaching. And that was a stranger danger thing. And I guess it's very similar um, online. Cause you, and, and actually even more so online because on the metaverse or anything now, you can be whoever you want to be. You can change your personality exactly. and there's so many um, forums or games that kids can play now with, with chats and they assume they're talking to an eight-year-old or a five-year-old or whatever, they're same age group because they're playing that game and I think unless, I don't know, I think we're all quite innocent, aren't we, at that age so we, we, we want them to be a bit more aware of it. So uh, yeah, I'm completely with you that there needs to be something earlier done so that, we're, that as, as a child you're learning it as you go along. Um why do you think so we've talked about role models is an important thing for girls to see and to um to get to have that aspiration need to join that industry i think we've all i mean in my generation i'm just trying to think of who i i inspired but it was probably more the beyonces and things like that which i which i liked when i was that age but seeing role models is is one thing but what do you think is actually appealing about this industry and 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 would you promote it as an industry for your children to be involved in, and, and and if so, why would why would you say it's a good industry to get involved with? I think, and that's what a lot of um, maybe people people don't realize is how diverse it is. You know, right. yes, you, you know, you, you can do sort of the traditional sexy side of cybersecurity, pen testing, ethical hacking, which is I, I feel that sometimes that's what's been portrayed that is security, but it's actually not. You know, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's that's fun, and and you know, like whether you're a boy or girl, you know, if mm-hmm. you're into that, breaking things and finding vulnerabilities, it's awesome. Yeah. But um, there's so much more to it, you know, like they, you could go maybe more into the architectural side and sort of designing, which is what I did a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. you have to obviously have a networking understanding, but then you work with these big corporations and you build the architecture for the next five years, which means, wow, I need to understand what's coming. You're more of a futurist. That's really fascinating, I find. But yeah. then you could, if, if technology is not your thing, you could also go into auditing, um, you could go into governance and more the sort of or the human side of you know which yep. is where we are in now like as, as no before which mm. is the massive 
component of security programs is the sort of psychology side. Um, but you could also join um, the industry if you want to go down a management trajectory, you know, as a project manager or eventually yeah. a CISO um, in leadership roles, or you could join a vendor and go into marketing yeah. or sales. You know, there's so many different um, roles that would suit different um, talents and, and candidates, and they all have uh, skill shortage problems. I mean, Completely. I remember at, at Popcorn, we had to hire uh, all our uh, sales staff back in the day. First of all, they were all girls because I was sort of hiring. <laughs> of course. Um, and, you, you know, like the, you have that bias, unfortunately, which obviously now we much more, sort of, um, you know, we don't just hire who we like. It's like the, we have a whole policy. But back then, I sort of hired who I thought um, I could relate with best. And um, they all came from the, the print and media industry because, you know, that's where we could find really good salespeople that were used to fighting it you know um and they were keen and eager and had the right attitude and then that little bit of security they had to know we sort of taught them on the job i I find that interesting as well because i found that with hiring um in the marketing perspective is when i get cvs for you and actually the people that have, have interviewed the ones that haven't come from a tech background have actually been the more interesting people to bring on board with that because they come yeah. at a completely different angle they're open to pushing the boundaries a little bit more where sometimes i think if you do go through a marketing channel with a tech you're a little bit more red taped um so i think sometimes yeah. when you come from a different background and it's interesting that you did that it's interesting that you've mentioned um that you hired quite a lot of women in the early days. Do you think that was because there was some aspirational sides of that because you wanted more women to get into the industry? Um, and also, was it a little bit because normally you're predominantly surrounded by men, so it was nice to have more women as part of your company? Was there some sides of that too? Like, um, I mean, I know when we started, I was like one with a lot of men. Now it's evening up a little bit more, but I think... And that has changed a lot in the last ten years. But do you have you found that that it's been a very male, and sometimes you've been the only oh, yeah. female in the room? <laughs> yes, I mean, uh, I mean, I remember going to um, some Cisco. They they called it Cisco VT meetups, like virtual uh, team meetups or something. And there were eighty people, and only two women, and I was one of them. So it was really right. awkward. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, no, I, 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 to be honest, like I wish I would say I did it because I had an aspiration to make the industry um, more diverse. But at the end of the day, and I think this is also what happened with the, the, the males, is that you you un, you hire unconsciously. So you're unconsciously biased and you end up hiring who you like, you know. Mm. And, and this is why I think these, these policies are so important because what happens is that especially when it's your own business, you know, like in the beginning, you really have to gel with your team. So you end up hiring someone and it was literally, I mean, Isla, they were all moms or like about to become moms. Yeah. And um, they were sort of my age um, and and female. And I had to then at some point really be conscious about it and say, oh my gosh, you know, like we can't just be all clones of each other. Like that's not healthy. So then we, we consciously went and, and, more you know hired for more diversity and so it's really dangerous out, yeah. Like, yeah and i think this is also what what happened with the boys clubs you know it's not that anyone in security or in tech said oh we don't want any women or girls it's more hey you know i like you you like me so i hire you because yeah. 
we like understand each other. And that's why I think having more awareness about this and, and having actual diversity policies are a good thing because it, it makes us aware of our own unconscious biases. A hundred percent. And we all bring different things to balance things out. And we all see things different from different perspectives. Even women don't all fit into the same box. We all have different perspectives. So, yeah. you, so you can't, you can't assume that. Do I, you mentioned hiring and then people having babies and things like that. You've mentioned that you've, you've, you've got two children. Um, how have you, you've done, had an incredible career. How have you balanced all that children, having your own business now where you are now? Um, Obviously, anyone listening to this aspirationally, how have you balanced all the different hats and 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 got a good? Or have you found a balance? Because I'm struggling with this every day, so it'd be good to know no, from your do. perspective how do how do you how do you try and juggle it all? I, I think it's still a struggle, and uh, you know, like it is, it's not easy. That like you have mom guilt when you're at work, and then when I'm at home, I have like, oh my god, my inbox is filling up. Yeah. So, um, it's just, I think it's, and the one aspect that I really liked was um, somebody told me, you know what, you just have to be good enough. Like, you don't have to be perfect in anything. Just just do a good enough job of being a good enough mom and a good enough, uh, you know, business person yeah. and get on with it. Like, we all struggle with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, when it was my own business, at least what I did do was quite sort of um, actively support flexibility and okay. you know tell people you know and this was also back then we said well you can work from home you know or from anywhere you don't have to be in the office at a certain time like take your kids to the school or yeah. go to the you know do the stuff with your kids that matter and then um you know it's more outcomes based not time based and yeah. um yeah just being mindful of the fact that it is it's impossible you can't work eight to five and be a good mom, you know, I mean, it's not, I mean, yeah, we have support, obviously, and, of course. Um, but you do want to go and watch your son play his first soccer game, that's important, you know. Yeah, and then I, you, I've got that, so yeah. my daughter's got her first ever ballet exam next Monday, but it lands bang oh, smack, yeah, cute, it's her first one, she's really excited, but um, we always try and make sure everyone's in on a Monday, it's just like a policy thing, it's good, it kicks the, the week off, so I had to go, oh, I know we're all meant to be in on a Monday, but this is something I don't want to miss, like, I probably won't mind yeah. when it's the sixth or the seventh exam, but this is the first one, and I feel like mum should be there plaiting her hair and, and getting her ready for it. So I think, yeah, I find that juggling that um, and getting that right balance. And I, I listened to, I can't remember, it was another podcast that I listened, and they were saying, like, relationship, work, and children, um, you, those if they're your, like, your three things, you can't do all three of them at 100%. So if, no, if one week yeah. the career is 100%, then unfortunately the relationship probably takes a hit and then the kids are at 80%. And then if you're really with your with your partner and your kids, they may be on 80 90%, but then work might be at 45 50 that week. Like it has to go around in rotational circles because you physically can't burn at 100% at all three. And I think as long as we yeah. try and put unrealistic expectations on ourselves, then that's when burnout happens. But trying to trying to balance that is much better um yeah cyber security is continually evolving what do you think are the biggest challenges and and how's the best ways for us to address it and how do you think landscapes are changing over the next five years do you have any kind of like predictions on that 
or thoughts on th- that? So, yeah, it, it's actually funny because like yesterday we had a local conference um, and we spoke about it, um, about the school shortage being one of the biggest challenges. And I right. think it's not just a South African problem. I mean, we have, you know, the issue we have here is that as soon as you have somebody who's skilled, then um, they they get poached by the UK on the American businesses, right. which, you know, we compete with better currencies, better you know, or safer lifestyles, um, which makes it this whole brain drain is a real problem for the country. Um, but it's also an opportunity because I find, again, from a local perspective, you know, we have a lot of youth unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I mean, in South Africa, between if you between 15 and 24, 63% of those kids are unemployed. So wow. it's a really huge, huge, huge problem. Yeah. Wow. And yet, on the other hand, we're sitting then you know, we have this, this skill shortage in cyber and also other emerging technologies. So that's an opportunity for us sort of in industry to work with government and academia to really help, you know, tap into that youth and help them, you know, be skilled up. And so what if they end up working in the UK or somewhere else? That's good for everyone. They've got a job, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely the skill shortage is an issue, um, particularly in critical infrastructure like our governments, you know, they... Mm-hmm. They're being targeted by um, extortionists or, you know, ransomware gangs. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've seen now, like, um, was it Costa Rica that, that declared a state of emergency or, yeah. you know, they, they said they're at war because their whole infrastructure is being attacked. Yeah. Um, and that can happen to us as well, you know. So that's an, that's an issue. In terms of the trends going forward, um, I, I recently looked into the whole sort of, Metaverse, Web3, mm-hmm. blockchain-based technologies. And I, I'm by no means, like, I'm not at all a crypto bro or crypto <laughs> sister or whatever. <laughs> could be a crypto sister. But, um, that could be a thing. We can make that a thing. <laughs> crypto sisters. Um, yeah. But, you know, talk about white male dominated field. That's one of them. That's but, another um, one. That's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> th- that whole space is so crazy in terms of the scams and the, the security issues that are going on in that space. And yet there's so much money being pumped into it. And um, we don't know yet how it will all pan out. But because there's so much, I don't know, investments are being done by reputable companies as well, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going away. That's not just a fad. So we sort of have to, as security professionals, we need to sort of, be aware of what's going on there, educate ourselves, and then help our companies to um, best prepare for that space. And, yeah. you know, with that comes not just sort of traditional security, like, I don't know, like infrastructure, vulnerability management, but also things like, you know, like you mentioned early on with, hey, my kids on social media is an issue. Imagine them now being in this immersive world in the metaverse where you can you can get, you know, physically and verbally harassed, and it's so yeah. immersive that you, you know, the psychological damage that it can potentially, you know, um, sort of like the impact it can have on, on, on people, particularly vulnerable people, um, I think is, is, is immense. So it's really something we have to think about. Um, I, I mean, they've talked about, I know there's the interim that went before the metaverse of how bullying, isn't it? Like, I mean, when I went to yeah. school, I was very fortunate. I didn't really... I mean, everyone think has bad days at schools, but I never really had probably any major bullying in- incident. But um, my generation was you went to school, it happened in the gates of school, maybe as you got on the bus, but home was safe, right? There was, there was no way yeah. of that happening. With social media, 
it's it's blending, isn't it? Because they they can go back and that taunting and bullying can can happen at home. Also, you can hide behind a fake profile. You don't have to be your real exactly. person or, or, or that sort of thing. And now we're talking about not not only that, but now they can have a virtual reality version of bullying. So it's not only yeah. at school, it's going to be a virtual place they can get bullied or attacked or, I mean, you know, and also because I don't, I've done very little understanding, but it's, it's kind of like having a currency, isn't it, as well? Because you can, I've seen people buy their own trainers and outfits and designer and stuff like that. There's going to be that kind of, like, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be that bullying, not no. only, it's like, what outfit am I wearing online and what outfit am I wearing at school today? Like, I, I have a, I mean, I have a big enough meltdown with my daughter not being able to wear a unicorn headband to school, let alone thinking <laughs> yeah. what she needs in her outfits on the metaverse. Like, that's just a whole other level. So I guess going a bit deeper into this then, do you think there's going to be more charities that stem from this with them like we have mind over here do you think but do you is this all going back to the school and how we educate them and support them like I this for me it seems to open even a bigger can of worms because you, su- yeah. supporting bullying at school go to the teacher is that the right thing to do what do you do if you're online and you're being like you can't really go to Facebook and say oh hello <laughs> being bullied over yeah. here so it's what do you think that there will be I guess be resources that are available for people struggling a bit on so, that side. I mean, there are already um, some concepts or projects where they want to use AI type okay. solutions that will do some sort of a moderation, like they listen to what people are saying right. and then they intervene. I think that's a good approach um, yeah. because the platforms can't just, you know, like Facebook sort of or Twitter. They've they've also been horrendous with, um, particularly actually when we talk about females again, like sort of sexual harassment. Um, another interesting stat, by the way, did you know that if you if you a woman of color, uh, you are like I don't know, I think it's thirty five percent more likely to be sexually harassed and bullied online. Um, than a white woman and what like women in general i'm way more sexually harassed online it's this whole gender-based I, like, I, in, like online gender-based violence that's a real thing you know that people don't actually I realize what a huge that problem your, that is your race would be an impact <clears throat> i did see on linkedin uh there was a thing going around of people sharing all the messages that had come in including some not appropriate pictures that had been sent to people yeah. on linkedin of <laughs> their genital That's actually part funny. Yeah. of, of yeah. like I mean yeah, and there was quite a few interesting things that the women were putting underneath like this is never appropriate let alone on LinkedIn like but I didn't yeah. even realize that that's a that's a stat that's a thing but yeah I mean you, you uh, I hate no, I'd love I, to I mean, say I, it goes away but it doesn't I think we've all had unfortunately or I mean I know very early when LinkedIn was very early on of being approached like kind of promised really get great jobs or we should grab a coffee or da, 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 and you get there and you realize that you've not this is not about a job is it this is uh, you've seen my picture on yeah. linkedin so unfortunately i think we've all stumbled into that of some but that's a terrible stat isn't it no it's and uh, yeah it's awful and i think again that's like the current situation now take that into whatever you want to call it virtual world or metaverse yeah. it's just going to be so much more immersive and in your face and you feel it more because you're literally in it. And, and you know, I've never been into online gambling, uh, sorry, online gaming. Um, but as part of my research, I, I now I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to buy myself an Oculus Quest, not, you know, just to, to experience it yeah. more. But I went to 
spend some time with a friend who's like totally in it. And um, I mean, he, him and his girlfriend, by the way, they spend every weekend in those virtual worlds. Like they don't go to restaurants. They go, don't go up the mountain. You know, I live in Cape Town. It's the most beautiful city there is. And um, they don't go up the mountain. They just spend time in that virtual world. And uh, they're obviously a bit extreme, but when I went in it with him and before that, I also couldn't understand how people would want to pay money for like, virtual digital Nike shoes or something. But right. when I was in that experience and I had this just really random off the shelf avatar, I totally got it. Like I you know, I wouldn't buy necessarily designer handbags in the real world. So I'm not gonna spend that yeah. money in yeah, the yeah. virtual world. But yeah. I would want my own avatar. I could I totally felt it. You know, it's the same like in the real world, we also go out and want to look our best you know yeah. not, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's just about individuality and the same applies in those worlds and that's where these these companies are obviously you know they're seeing massive revenue opportunities there's going to be so much more from a privacy point of view you know so much more um targeted advertising that's more in your face yeah um they can monitor our behaviors more so it's just a it's a massive sort of money-making machine for the advertisers and and also there, you know, from an ethics point of view, like they they actually said, um, and this was at Pokemon, like McDonald's was advertising, mm. at, you know, in the Pokemon games, and that's that, and it's been driving a lot more revenue to McDonald's. And I don't know if that's ethical, you know, like it's not that I have something against McDonald's, but it's not good food, you know, from a health point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah. So we should have more rules about, you know, what can be advertised to our volume right. groups, how it's going to be done, the information they, they collect. Um, and then obviously those, what I mentioned earlier, like, you know, currently the owners are sort of on the users themselves to set up safe zones. So you can set up a safe zone in that virtual reality that others can't go in and grope you, for example, um, if you had like a full immersive oh my God. suit. Um, but but if you don't know that, you know, that you go into that field and they can just come into your space and it, it does feel like the real world, you know, and they, yeah. those trolls are out there and it, they they target girls and women more than, than others. It's just a reality, you know, of like, course. yeah, there, there's, there's bad parts of society and there will be bad parts of society in they're already in the online world, yeah. so obviously they will be also in the metaverse. So we have to, in terms of, I think, a responsibility, the platform providers have to put some sort of moderation technology in place and and ways for us to report it. And police it. And then, and then we have to obviously do a training or sort of awareness on how you can protect yourself, how to not let it get to you. Um, but it's really, I think, if you are being harassed, and there was one one article I read of this lady who didn't set up the safe, safe zone and she got verbally sexually harassed. Um, and you can't like, even put your, you know, your, your headset off quickly enough. And those, those pictures and, and words stick much more yeah. so than as if it was just on your social media feed. <clears throat> I, going back to you saying that you're doing the research and you went, you went to visit friends doing it and you were saying that they, that's how they spend their weekends. I'm not going to say, yeah. seeing on the other side of the mic, I'm a bit like, that sounds very strange. Do they spend time with each other in these virtual it, worlds then? Yes, they so, do. Like they have avatars. I mean, they're like a couple. So both of them are, they're, they're hectically into 
it's called uh, Dota 2, which is sort of a multiplayer strategy game. Okay. Um, but then, but then they also hang out with their other gaming friends in these on VR chat, yeah. which is like a virtual reality space. Um, and, and, that, you know, and that's they, how they spend their social time. I can't. I'm not. I'm a bit like you. I can't imagine me ever wanting to be there more than being in nature. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that how that changes. I think that just all completely blows my mind. But you're saying someone who's quite level-headed, quite sensible, like you said, don't doesn't buy the designer handbag, getting sucked in quite relatively quickly, really, to say, oh yeah. no, I need I need a better avatar. I need I don't need just the out the box. I need <laughs> yeah. I need a better one than that. Sorry. So you can see how it can become quite addictive, and even more addictive yeah. if you're a teenager or younger, exactly. and you and you can have whatever avatar version of yourself that you want, I guess. So I, I think really just covering all of that for me highlights why getting involved in this industry is so important because like you said, there are so many and it's, there'll probably be police forces that are very specialist in just this area eventually because it's like a yeah. whole new new different world that will be will be running and things like that. Um, I think, By the way, sorry to interrupt, no. um, interrupt you, Ayla, but you, you said police forces. There's already um, there are bouncers you can hire. So there was like a Microsoft oh event gosh. in the metaverse, and then they hire bouncers that walk around and make sure okay. that people behave. And then if somebody is being, you know, like disrespectful, they kick them out. <laughs> so that's already a thing. You're allowed out of the metaverse, <laughs> and you're not. You're. <laughs> it's like a VIP virtual reality world where you've got bouncers uh, for me it blows my mind but I don't know why it blows my mind because it's it's definitely going to happen isn't it um anyone listening then to this obviously we're touching on this we've got loads of different angles about it of why why we think it's really important why it's really important for women to get involved if anyone was listening what kind of five top tips would you give anyone that's just thinking of starting out of where to start would it be doing a course would it be reading a book would it be following someone in particular would there be any kind of five top tips you'd say to to get involved um okay so if i was um at the beginning of my career again yeah what i would what i would do is um look at cloud technology specifically like cloud security and you can you can just go to amazon or to microsoft they have all these sort of training material online for free Mm -hmm. so you can you know you can sort of teach yourself uh, watch videos and then if you wanted to take an exam then that 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 obviously costs but it's also not the end of the world so what i would do is as a as a first step is sort of um, look into cloud technology because that is one of the number one skills people or companies need because everybody, everybody and everything is in the cloud. So yeah. that's like an area that's hugely in demand. Yeah. Um, and, and then once you've read a, a little bit about it and you feel this resonates, like it has to be interesting to you. If you completely hate it, then maybe go down a different route. But mm-hmm. um, what I would do then is if you're already in a company, maybe go and speak to your security team or IT team and just say, look, I'm, I'm actually quite interested in that. What are you guys busy with? Is there something that I can shadow or learn from you guys? Or, you know, is there a project I could get involved with? Yeah. And just sort of volunteer. Um, and if, if you don't work in a big organization, you could also do that in the companies that you live, you know, or mm-hmm. maybe your friends work or, or parents mm-hmm. work. Um to get an internship, even if that part 
is only there to show you at uh, this actually not what I like, you know, and I would yeah. prefer to go more into another area. So it's, I think it's really important to figure out the stuff you do like and the stuff you don't like yeah. um, relatively early on, but then also don't be um, disappointed if it's not like totally blowing your hair back because there's so many different aspects to yeah, the industry. Course. So, you know, um, so I, I guess this is the second tip. So first tip is to try and educate yourself. Um, there's so much available. I mean, if you also go to Cybrary or Udemy or LinkedIn Learning, there are a lot of different courses in these different areas. And um, why I mentioned cloud security is just that that's like hugely in demand. Um, and then um, the third one would be to, yeah, to, to go on LinkedIn and, and Twitter and follow some of the, um, you can follow people by joining some of the groups. So there yeah. are women in cyber security, uh, women in privacy security. So, so try and, uh, if you, obviously if you're a woman, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm uh, referring yeah. to. Now. There's other groups as well. Of course. <laughs> um, and and a lot of them offer mentoring programs, which is also amazing. You know, like you, I think probably Ala, when when you and I started, there weren't that many women in, in tech who were out there to mentor. Um, I mean, I didn't have, I, I had, I had great mentors, but they were all guys back in the day. Yeah. Um, and they don't, they don't have to be one gender or the other. I think it doesn't matter when somebody, you, you know, it resonates with you. Reach out to them. Yeah. Most of them are super happy to help. Um. Yeah, and then network, speak to as many people as possible. And it's really about the attitude more than um, than the experience or the certification. So if you show an attitude of continuous learning, of curiosity, and I mean, I've been in it, in it for 20 years, you know, and I still call myself a beginner. Like I have to learn all the time because things change all the time. You know, I mean, this metaverse stuff is completely new. So I have yeah. to learn about blockchain infrastructure and how that works and how to secure it a year ago I wouldn't even know how to spell it you know so like you're always a a beginner um and that's I love that about our industry you know you you never stop learning and um if you have that kind of thirst for knowledge and you show that you know then anyone will be happy to give you a chance or an opportunity and do you think that I mean there's a a, there was a, a quite a good statistic that I read up about how um I think uh if you're applying for a job, statistically, a woman will only apply for something if they can match 100% of the criteria on the job description, where a man will probably go for about 50% and be like, oh, I can probably wing the rest. Um, do you think that yeah. your attitude to learning and being like, well, do you know what, you know, this is a constant industry that I can need to continue to learn. Do you think that has really driven you and kept your confidence? Because, you know, I'm gonna not gonna d- deny when they come to me like Kelly, this is the new this is the new technology we're working. You've got to help us take to market, and I'm looking at it like, oh my god, like what does this do? And this is this is all fancy, and there's some new acronym that I don't know. And I need to Google it, and I'm not gonna lie, imposter yeah. syndrome does jump in. But how have you kept that momentum? Like, I guess you you know you could get a bit like, oh, this is going too fast. How have you kept that momentum and that drive, and I guess that hunger to keep learning what what how have, you, how have you kept that going inside you um so i think first of all yeah google is your best friend yeah so, we all love google you know that's you sit in meetings like oh what are they talking about you just google it and i think that's sort of the and everybody does it you know there is nobody out there whether guy or girl that knows everything i think that's also just to realize that and then to have the the confidence to you know, I always tell girls, you know, if you can teach yourself how to do a smoky eye from 
watching YouTube, which, uh, by the way, I still haven't managed. I haven't but mastered if you can that do either. That, so, yeah, I um, need to watch more YouTube videos on that. <laughs> but, you know, then you can learn anything, really. You know, it's it's not rocket science. Like, yeah, there's some complicated, you know, there's some concepts that are maybe a bit complicated, but then ask someone. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, I think what you said is also really true, is that sometimes women we're not assertive enough or confident enough and we we want to be perfect and know it all before we apply for something but the reality is nowadays also the the space changes so quickly that nobody can ever know any everything 100 percent. so that's just the reality so we have to live with this uncertainty the the reality that we will never be perfect we will just be good enough um and you must just go for it and yeah the guys unfortunately they and I think it's, it's also like we don't ever want to come across as arrogant. No, so we don't like that as women. But I think that's yeah. a, it's a, I think it's a language thing as well with women. I think I think I saw there's some, been some quite interesting things about you know, um, uh, with how you use descriptive women, uh, words around women. So you know, some you wouldn't you may call a woman bossy. Um, but you probably wouldn't say yeah. that about a man. You would say that he's assertive. Like there's different language yeah. that gets used. I mm-hmm. even remember, you know, I remember a lot of school reports about me saying, you know, talks a lot, has a very open opinion. <laughs> and I just remember my mum always reading it and rolling her eyes and being like, oh gosh, could you just, you know, why couldn't you stay quiet in that class? Why did you have to counter argue it? Why did you? And at the time I remember being younger thinking, oh, okay, and felt really shameful for it. But I think, you know, and the thing is, you know, curiosity called the cat. But I actually think these things are important and being vulnerable and asking questions aloud. And I think actually, like you said, you know, I, what I have found refreshing about being in this career is, like you said, because it's evolving so much of the time, none of us can be an expert for it. You can't walk no. into that room and be like, I 100% understand every element of cybersecurity. Bosh, here's my book or... Oh, you know, I absolutely know how to market every single product because how can we possibly? Because they're coming out probably quicker than we're even keeping up with them. Exactly. I think that's why I kind of find it quite not relaxing, but a refre- refreshing industry to be in because I, you can sit in there and be like, right, I don't know everything in the room, but nor does anybody else. So that's okay. Exactly. I can, I can sit and, with and, this. And, and, yeah, and I, I remember um, I had a really great manager when I was sort of starting out, and he always said, "Anna, you just have to put your wings on, and you know, uh, you need to just when you when you go see the customer, just like know five percent more, like you just prepare a little bit, and you'll be fine, and you put your wings on." And I think that's what we have to do. Is you know, we're not nobody can be an expert because it changes so quickly. But if you have the, the capacity to think on your feet and like Google stuff quickly and also admit, you know, you, there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, my gosh, like I actually haven't heard of this before. before. Let me look it up and look. let me look into it. Oh, let me find um, out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Put your wings on. That's a good way. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Anna, I could literally talk to you all day. <laughs> I found it really, really interesting. And um, I'm sorry that we don't have more time, but I'm getting very conscious that it's two minutes and you're a very busy lady. Um, so I can't thank you enough for spending this time with me um, I and, and sharing all the information and influence and everything that you know. Um, if anyone wanted to follow you more or learn more about you Anna and what you do at Know Before where would be the best place for people to check you out um, probably LinkedIn okay. um, it's just Anna Collard and then I also have a Twitter account 
Sometimes I forget to post. To post <laughs> there, but <laughs> that's where she is. That's where she is. If you need her. <laughs> oh, Anna, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope and you. I hope we will speak to you again soon. But um, take care and uh, yeah, and thank you so much. Thank you.